If you got your Bibles with you this morning and you want to be turning to the book of Joshua, chapter 7, our scripture reading this morning will begin in the book of Joshua, chapter 7, and you can be turning there for just a moment, Joshua, chapter 7. And as you're turning to Joshua chapter 7, I'm going to tell you, you know, I don't know, a few weeks ago, months ago, we talked about window shoppers and, you know, the idea of how you just look in windows. A good salesman will tell you it doesn't cost you anything to look. Just look. You know, it's not going to cost you anything. Just just look. What we're going to see this morning in Joshua chapter 7 is the progression of sin. That's what I want you to think about this morning, the progression of sin. It's going to be the idea of looking, progressing to actions. So when we talk about it from a marketing standpoint or from our society is, it doesn't cost you anything to look, but what does that breed inside of us as far as a desire? That's the question. I'm not asking you any kind of personal you know, information about your life, what I am asking you is this, be very weary of the progression of sin. So let's read if we can, Joshua chapter 7, and I'm going to read the 21st verse, and then we'll kind of go back and read up to this point. When I saw the spoils, a godly Babylonian garment, and 200 shekels of silver. Again, focusing on when I saw. I saw the Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold, and 50 shekels weight. Let's shift gears. Then I coveted them. Let's shift to third gear and took them. Never was that the intention, but notice the progression of sin. I took these things. He said, I saw them. I coveted them. I took them. And behold, now I hid them in the earth because they were absolutely no good. No good because you're not. What we're going to see is that Achan's sin was not something he could enjoy because he wasn't intended to have that. And it says, They are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent. So let's go back and get the background behind this. When you go back and you read that Jericho had been conquered, Joshua was about to go by, by the way of, uh, go up against Ai. And, and here's the thing. Joshua said, we're fixing to go into battle here. So he sent some spies out into the land and they came back and they said, that's an easy victory. Matter of fact, this is going to be so easy of a victory, you don't even have to send your entire army out. Folks, what I want to notice is, is that when they go to battle against Ai, they're going to lose. 36 people were killed. The rest of them flee. And do you know why they fleed? This is where Achan's sin comes in. At a time they should not have lost a battle, they, they're puzzled and they look around and they said, what do you mean that we lost a battle? We were not supposed to just win this. We were supposed to dominate this war. In the athletic world, people often refer to this as the, the amateurs versus the professionals. Somebody's got some explaining to do how the amateurs are able to overcome and to beat the professionals. So obviously there's questions. What happened here? What's going on? Why did we lose this battle? 
Sure enough, that's the question that Joshua asked. Joshua began to be worried and concerned. He said, this is a battle that we should have dominated. We didn't even send all of our people to fight against this battle. Why did we lose? I read to you the 21st verse. They lost because Achan had got to a place that he wanted the material things of this world more than he wanted to experience the power of God. Folks, that is a deadly trap many can fall into today. There's the things that God has in store for us or even the things that God has forbid us. If I was to ask you, what are the things that God has forbidden? Well, there's a lot of thou shalt nots in the Bible. You can start with that. But what are some things in the Bible that God has forbidden for us? You know what happens when, when going back to Adam and Eve in the garden, when God, when, when God says you can have of, of all of the fruit in the garden except that it's the forbidden fruit, the idea is, is that, okay, then I want to partake of those things that I'm told not to have. There are the shalls and there are the shalt nots. There's things in your life that you have and there are things that you have not. Can you be thankful for both of those? It's easy for us to be thankful for the shalls. Thank you, God, we, we shall have this. Thank you, God, for the things that we do have. What about the shalt nots and the have nots? Do you thank God for that too? We thank God. Are you trying to keep something from me? Folks, never in the scriptures do you find that God is trying to keep anything from us. He's trying to preserve what we do have, and that's a relationship with Him. But sin has a progression that we're reading about here. There's this, this horrific idea that they had conquered Jericho, they were going up against Ai, and all of a sudden, the favorable report come back and said, you don't need that many people, and I believe it was, I said 36 people go out, and they actually are killed, and the rest of them begin to flee. The 21st verse tells us this. Look what happens. They, when it comes to Achan's sin... The problem is he gets selfish in this. And he wants to do what he wants. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver. We talk about barrenness, which is the things that we do not have. And let's ask ourselves this. Is it possible for us to have desires for things that God said no question is, what are you going to do about those things? What we're going to see with Achan's sin and what Achan has done here is that the fact that he looked upon something. One of the things I'm a big believer in is self-discipline. I'm a believer in self-discipline, but I also believe it goes a step further than that. And it's not the fact that you have the strength to do something, but God gives you the strength to do something. That's two different things. When you're fighting a battle by yourself, you're going to fight a battle and you're going to lose. You fight the battle with God, then you do have the strength, but it's a God-given strength. That we look to the hills from which cometh our help, God provides what we need. The progression of sin says that if you were to take these garments, he said, I looked upon these things, I coveted them, I took them and I hid them. So what happened is the power of the army diminished because of greed. We wonder where the power of God is and why the power of God is diminishing. And I'm not trying to be offensive to, to you folks. This is a message for an entire world to ask themselves. But the power is diminishing not because God is less, but it's because of we desire more. It's okay to desire more of God, but the question is, what happens when we desire the forbidden things? The rules of war said that you that they were not supposed to take anything. You're not supposed to steal in this particular time. Well, we see what Achan did. 
He said, I saw among these, these spoils, he said, I saw a Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold. He said, 50 shekels weight. He said, then I coveted them. All of a sudden, something that should have power all of a sudden become powerless. To many churches today that, that, that self-proclaim that they are dying out. To people today that say that they're getting weaker and weaker and weaker. The question really becomes, is sin progressing to where we don't desire God? We desire the things we're not supposed to have. Again, there's the shouts and the shout nots. There's the things that we have and there's the things that we have not. What are our heart's desires today? And Achan said, I, I, I coveted these things and I took them. There's things that we've got to do in our life. As a matter of fact, if you're reading the New Testament, the Scriptures teach us that when, the, when the, the tares are sown amongst the wheat, we've got to pluck them out and we've got to get rid of them. Why? Because if we're not careful, then, then the tares begin to grow with the wheat and all of a sudden we, it's taking the nutrients and the energy. And sometimes we have, a distinguished, we have a trouble distinguishing the difference between what is the world's and what's God's. Is anybody here this morning that struggles with God? What's from you and what's not from you? That's not the way God intended. When we remove these, 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 these tares, when we remove the things that are being sown in our life, and again, as, as we, we look upon something, a salesman will say, it don't cost you anything to look, just look. But the whole idea is to plant you with this idea and theory. Well, I looked, I coveted. He says, and then all of a sudden, I took them. To the church today, we have a responsibility to go out into the world and do exactly these very things. Not covet the things of the world, but do things in accordance to the word of God, in the ways of God, and by the commands of God. Folks, God has a path. God has a way. God has a method. God has a system. But we have to follow those things. We have to do these things that he bids us to do for the very first thing that we see that Achan did. It says, I saw. Is there anybody here this morning that's a self-proclaimed visual learner? I, I'm, I'm a visual person. That's me. In other words, you can tell me numbers all day long, but when I see them on a spreadsheet, I understand them better. You can tell me how this is going to, to screw into this, and then this locks in on the backside of it, but if you give me that contraction and you show me where this screws in and this snaps in, I'm going to remember it a whole lot better because... Visually, we, we, we are able to absorb things. And I say we, I say myself, a great deal of our learning comes through what we see. That's why people like to use videos to, to do things because they can see the progression or the way that things go. But when Aiken gets to a point, he says, I saw. Here's where I want to get a little deeper today. Do you think that there's a difference in sawing and staring. I call it the double clutch method. Double clutch method means all of a sudden you see something and then all of a sudden you stop and you look again. What's the second look mean? What's the second look when you turn around and you say, again, I'm not trying to say I've done this myself. What happens when you see something you're like, I want to see that again. And it's not because of it. it's, it's, a, it's a glorious, glamorous thing. Maybe you want to go back to see how horrific it is. Man, is that thing really destroyed that bad from a storm? We, we turn around and it's that second look. We have to ask ourselves, why do we look again? Maybe somebody has something that passes by and we, we're, we're looking in a window or as a salesman would say, just look. Do you know when they know that they've, 
they pretty much have a, a great interest when you're looking a second time. Now all of a sudden, instead of just going and looking at something once, now all of a sudden you've done what I call the double clutch. Now all of a sudden, instead of you controlling your desires, now your desires are starting to creep in and control you. And Achan, very simply see, would say, I saw. Would you like to put a number this morning? And I don't have a number, so I don't want to make that up this today. But would you like to put a number on how many things in our life started from, well, I saw. Well, I saw this hairstyle, and I wanted this hairstyle. Well, I saw this car, so I wanted this car. And I'm not saying they're bad. I saw this tie that a person had, and I, I like the tie. My point is, how many things in our life progress from, I saw. Well, I saw this sign, and I wanted a sign like that. I saw this phone, and I wanted a phone like that. And the list goes on and on and on. How many things in our life start from, I saw. I saw a recipe, or I saw something. We, we see so many things. But the, the, the part that we have to be careful is, just because we see it, doesn't mean we should always desire it. Now, we may see a wonderful service, and we may, and I say see, be a part of that. It's okay to desire a closer walk with a God and, and, and a more spiritual service. And I saw somebody reading their Bible. By no means is it wrong for you to say, well, I want to read my Bible. It's okay. And my point is, how many things in our life trigger from, I saw. I can repeat this over and over and over again. That's one of the great concerns I have because we have so much technology that can put stuff in front of our eyes and all we have to do is much like Achan and say, I saw. But here's the question. It's not the idea of what he did or it's not the idea that he saw it. How did he act upon what he saw? Folks, it's one thing to see it. But if you'll notice the progression of sin in this verse, it says he saw... And then he's going to act upon that. You know, Achan could have got to a point and realized that he was weak. He saw something that God told him he should not have. And he needed help. For let me read you a verse found in the book of Proverbs 28th chapter. In the first verse it says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Achan fleed and ran from the idea that he had a temptation that he saw and he needed help to overcome. But you know, sometimes we have to realize is that there's, there, there's strength in our life that we stand in need of and we need God's help for these things. Here, in our scripture reading in the 7th chapter of Joshua, the 21st verse, he simply said, I saw. In the New Testament, Jesus teaches us in the element, when he's talking about adultery and things, and he's talking about, he said, if your eye offends you, he says, you need to pluck it out. He says, if your hand is causing to be a stumbling block, he said, cut it off. Because most of our sins are either with our eyes or with our hands. He said, you need to realize is that no matter how painful it is, you need to get control over what you see and what you think instead of acting on everything. Our society does not need to act on every impulse that they have. And I'm going to say that again. We as a society and children of God, we cannot act on any impulse that we have. We must say, God, is this in accordance to your word? So when we talk about the progression of sin, we say, well, I'm just going to watch. Not to get into a great deal, but 
There's lots of research and ideas behind people that watch something, whether it's through video games or videos or YouTubes or whatever you call it, that they begin to become understanding that it's acceptable just because they see it. Folks, it's not acceptable because you see it in our society or on a computer screen. It's acceptable if it's in accordance to God's Word. But our society will tell you, well, it's okay. Times are changing. Let's modify that. All of a sudden we see Achan gets to a point. He said, I saw... Let me read to you, if I can, Psalms 101, the third verse. How many of us can say this this morning? How many of us need to say this? Maybe that's the way I need to, the question I should ask. Psalm 101 and verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. That's a wise person that says, I don't need this in front of me. A wise person says that I don't need to, to stare at something and it doesn't cost you anything to look. A wise person says, I will set no, again, the idea is not anything. I will set no wicked or worthless or things that are not valuable to God before me because I don't want to desire them. I'm not going to double clutch as we just said. I'm not going to look and then turn around and look again and gaze because all of a sudden what happened with Achan was he saw and then there's a coveting that's going to happen. Psalms 119 and 37 says this, Turn away from my eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Do you ever wonder what the eyes are the windows to? It's like it's almost to the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. And if we can look upon it, then all of a sudden these things begin to settle in our soul. And folks, may we be satisfied not just by what we see, but may we be satisfied with what we feel. Do you see the trees? Do you see them as trees or do you see them as God's creation? Do you see things as creation of God or a manifestation of God? Or do you see it by, look at what my hands have done. We're going to read about that in just a minute. But the idea is, is that when we see, it's not a fact that we see it. It's what context do we see it? And how do we understand that? What realization do we have about these things? For the psalmist said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. It's important for us to realize is that there's things in front of our eyes that if we're not careful that we'll have a desire to go after them. And Achan simply said, when I saw among the spoils. Don't you wish sometimes you could just close your eyes and walk through the world? Don't you wish sometimes we could just go through life and not have to see all the things that we see because they creep in and they pile up and they mount and they grow and we might even say they fester and all of a sudden they, they become pain points in our life and we give in and we say, I saw it. Well, we're going to read about this in just a minute, but then he's going to, he's going to get to a place that he's going to see it and he's going to covet it. Listen to what Job said. Let me read to you, if I may, in the, in the book of Job in the 42nd chapter, in the 4th verse says this, excuse me, 5th verse. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Job said, Wherefore I abhor myself. When Job saw, he didn't just see something he wanted, he saw something he didn't want. He did not want to be a fleshly Person, He said, I repent. Again, Job 42 and verse 5, he says, Wherefore I abhor myself and repent and dust and ashes. Job got to a place that he did not find himself worthy to be in the presence of God. Why? Because there was a, a sinfulness about him. 
He knew that there was something that was sinful about him and there was something wrong. But, but I want to go back to what Achan said. Let's read this again. Joshua 7 and 21. And he said, I coveted them. Now, all of a sudden, instead of him overcoming the temptation, does anybody here understand when I say you caved? What does it mean when you caved? Well, I tried and I tried and I tried and all of a sudden I just caved and I gave in. Why? Because it become stronger than you. You do not want to begin to think about all the things in life right now that are stronger than you. Folks, there are innumerable amount of things stronger than you, but I can tell you how many things are stronger than God. Zero. So let's ponder today when we talk about things that now all of a sudden Achan begin to look and now all of a sudden it says this thing was growing. The progression of sin said all of a sudden he said I coveted them. All of a sudden our mind goes from heavenly things to worldly things. Paul said over in the book of Colossians the third chapter he said set your affection on things above not on things of the earth. These things that we have, that we have around us. He said, don't you put your affection on these things. Affection just means your desires or your wants on those. You know what, folks? There's a lot of things around us that if we're not careful, all of a sudden we see. And then we covet, meaning we want it for ourselves. Folks, God will give you everything you need in life. And I hope you will agree with that. God will give you everything you need. But here's where it gets kind of tricky. There's wants in our life. There's wants. We, we want what somebody else has or we want these things. And, you know, all of a sudden we, we have to be reminded is that if we're going to be victorious, we have to remove the wants out of our life and say, God, grant me the things that I stand in need of. For all the things that we have in our life, what happens when they're weighed before us and they become desiring and we want those? Turn over to the book of Proverbs for just a minute. I found some interesting scripture there. Proverbs chapter 23. You might just want to put a bookmark on these sometime. These have been rich over me the last few days before, but yes, even now. Very, very unique that we can apply to our life today, not just in Solomon days. Listen to the warning that Solomon gave, beginning in verse 1. Again, Proverbs 23, verse 1. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler. In other words, if you was to sit at the table of a king, you're going to be sitting at a different place than you were if you were sitting at the table of a peasant. Okay, you're, If you were to sit a servant or somebody else that didn't have it, you're sitting at the table of a king. Listen to what Solomon said. When thou sittest with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. Do you get this idea of a person sitting down with the king? Man, look at this tablecloth. Man, this thing is hand-knitting. This thing is out of the finest materials. Look at the centerpiece that's there. The centerpiece, it's golden. You get the idea that Solomon said, be careful when you sit down with the ruler. He said, because all of a sudden you start looking at all these riches. And he said, you'll start wanting them for yourself. Listen to the second verse. It's really, really interesting. And put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. That's pretty graphic. But notice what Solomon said. He said, 
Look at the damage you do to yourself when you sit at the king's table and desire his things. Folks, that is words of wisdom we should take with us every day of our life to be careful to sit at a king's table saying these are the things we want. Now be careful. I'm not talking about heavenly things. I'm talking about kingdoms of this world. Kingdoms of this world, when we sit at that table, he said, you need to be very selective about where you see it because if you're not careful, he said, it's like putting a knife to thy throat if thou be the man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his danities, for they are deceitful meat. So all of a sudden, notice what he's trying to say is, you're going to get caught up with what the tablecloth looks like. You're going to get caught up in the centerpiece. You're going to forget about the food. Churches today, they're probably more worried about what colors and, 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 and flamboyant things I have. And don't get me wrong, I'm a believer in, in, in a beautiful church house. But you know what? More important than any building that we're in is the meat that comes from God's very table. But he said, be careful. He said, be very, very careful when you sit down with rulers. Because you're going to get to a place where you're going to desire those things and they're going to be dangerous unto you. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 21, I'm not going to go over there. Naboth, when you go back and read over there in the 21st chapter, his vineyard was coveted by Ahab. And you can go back and read this just a little bit. But Naboth, he, he refused to give in to Ahab, and, and there was a respect that was given because he did not want to surrender what God had given him. He simply wanted to have, he wanted to enjoy the things that God had given him. And he had to realize is that if God wanted somebody else to have it, God would give it to him. It wasn't his to surrender. And my point this morning is this. When we, if we're not careful that all of a sudden that we, I saw among the spoils, he said, this Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold, and 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them. Luke chapter 12, matter of fact, teaches us about one that felt like that he wasn't given the right goods and the right part of his inheritance. It's about the 14th verse, if you want to read down there in Luke chapter 12 and verse 14. He begins to complain to Christ saying, my brother will not give me my portion of goods. Two-thirds to the oldest, one-third to the youngest. He said, this is not fair. Notice there's going to be covenants that's going to happen here. The younger's going to say, instead of me being content with what is rightfully mine, I'm going to desire even more. How many things in your life are you content with? That's, again, that's not, a, that's not a, a, a reprimanding question to show that you're wrong. That's just an honest question. How many things in your life are you satisfied with? Folks, I hope that the number one thing we can all say with, I am satisfied with what God has done for my soul. If you're not satisfied in your soul, that is not where God wants you to be. Now, there are other things that we are not satisfied with, and I believe that's just the nature of going through this world. But we're headed to a better place. But if we're not careful, the progression of sin will say, don't look at the shalls or what you have. Start looking at the shall nots and the have nots. Let's start focusing our attention on those. And much like Achan did, he says, and he saw well, Luke there in the 12th chapter and 14th verse, Christ told him, he said, who made me a judge over you? We see that there was a point in his life that he began to desire and crave even more. Let's move along. What about King David in the Old Testament? 
What if he had not wanted to take Bathsheba? What if he had not done these things? You, you know how we say 2020 hindsight, looking back, thinking, what if I would have said, if he would have known the outcome of what was going to happen with Bathsheba, would his actions have been changed? Folks, you don't get a chance to go backwards in time. Let's understand that. But what we do have to ask ourselves when sin progresses, stop it at the very moment when he says, I saw. I have seen people take drastic measures in their life. I've seen people remove the internet from their house. Remove televisions from their house. I'm not saying you've got to do these things. What it is is that the very idea, anything that is hindering of putting something in front of me to make me want and draw me away from God, get it out of my life. The idea is to pluck out the thorns when they're planted amongst the wheat. The idea is do not look and give it that, that, that double clutch where you look and look again. And all of a sudden it's got your attention. You're gazed upon it. You're focused upon it. And all of a sudden your heart desires it. The heart's desires begin to settle in. And it all happens simply because he looked. Jesus' story to the, the, the rich young ruler, you know what he said? He gets to that, that, that place... Um, is that he wanted to get to that he had this bumper crop so you know what he said he said instead of giving to the poor he said I'm just going to build bigger barns he said I'm going to keep more for myself more and more and more that's what covenant is it's not being satisfied or, or being able to give others what God has blessed you with it's about being able to, to keep more for yourself but begins Joshua 7 and verse 21 he says I saw among the spoils he said, I coveted them. Let's shift gears again. And he says, and took them. Now all of a sudden, do you know how Jesus said it's better for you to pluck out your eye and cut off your hand? What they saw become actions. Sin doesn't just spontaneously happen. It has a beginning point. But when we start thinking about these, do we stop them? Do we fight against them? Do we try to overcome these things? Or do we let sin progress? My prayer this morning is, God, open up our eyes that we would see there are some things you've told us not to do. Achan knew that they were supposed to not take these spoils, but he did. He went and hit them in the tent. Got stoned to death. But for you and I today, we wonder why we're losing the battle. And Joshua said... You spies told me we didn't need much to win this battle. We go out here and get destroyed by them. Why? Because you wasn't doing what God asked you to do. Folks, there may be a small battle in your life, and I want you to know this. If you want God's victory and you want God's power, then don't just be kind of obedient or mostly obedient. You need to completely surrender to what God's wishes and wills for you in your life. But we want to cling and we want to hold on and we want to say, but I need this. One of our Sunday school discussions we've had is when the poor or the needy are there, you know, what extremes will we go through in order to provide the things that we need? Folks, today, may we realize is that God will provide the things that we stand in need of. But go, again, let's look at this. He says that he saw them, he coveted them, and he took them. Well, that, there's so many things in the Scriptures talk about they took. But here's where it gets kind of interesting. They are hid in the earth how many people tried to hide themselves or hide sin from God I'm going to be honest with you there's things I can do in my life you're not going to see there's things you can do in your life that I'm not going to see but there is absolutely nothing here from God Joshua did not know 
why they lost that battle. But God said, you need to find out what's going on. God knew all along. Folks, God knows all along what's going on with us. God knows all along what our priorities are, the progression of things that are happening. God already knows these things. But we cannot hide these things from God. I'm going to go back for just a minute. I'm going to close in, in, in just a little bit. In the Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Let's skip down to the 8th verse. Talking about hiding. People hide themselves and they hide things. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees of the garden. You know one thing about it. They might have refused the words of God, but they heard them. I don't know that I really want to know the answer, but how many people come to church and they hear the Word of God, they open up the Word of God on a Tuesday night or whatever, they hear the Word of God, but they're not going to heed the Word of God. Man, that's a, that's a lesson of itself. Hearing the words of God versus heeding the Word of God. They heard God. But they didn't heed to God when God said that. They heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. God was not hot-headed and mad and angry. God was very, very plain. He says, you, you, you've done these things. He said, these are the consequences that's going to happen. He says, in the cool of the day, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Human beings, trees. You want to study camouflage? <laughs> camouflage means you need to blend in or something needs to be bigger than you that you can hide behind. Name me something bigger than sin. Three-letter word? How big is sin? If somebody's looking for me, I want a bigger tree so that I can hide behind. You know what we do? We run from God. We hide behind a tree. What we don't realize is, folks, there's not a tree that we can hide behind from God. God sees us. We played the game with the little kids just because their eyes are covered. They think their whole body is covered. You see today, folks, God sees all. He knows all. And when we see things, we covet things. We take these things. And all of a sudden it says, and they hid these things. So what they were trying to do, or what Achan was trying to do was, let's see what I can get away with. Maybe when you leave here in a minute, that's going to be your desire. God, what can I get away with? You know, a lot of people think they've gotten away with a lot with God, but the truth is God knows all about it. Sin takes its progression, and, and all of a sudden it came to the forefront. And I'm going to read this verse one more time. Because you need to know who is saying the 21st verse. Achan confesses. And he said, I'm guilty. When I saw among the spoils this goodly Babylonian garment. Man, that was enough right there. He said, they kind of upped the ante. I saw 200 shekels of silver. Whew, all of a sudden, this offer is getting to be awfully big, is it not? But for good measure, I'll throw in a wedge of gold and 50 shekels weight. An offer that cannot be refused. He double clutched. And he said, I coveted them. And not only did I covet them, he said, in my hands, they took them. And you ever have that uh-oh moment? God, I've done something I'm not supposed to do. What am I going to do? 
Instead of trying to own up his sin, he tried to hide it. This morning, you don't have to own anything before me, but I'll say this. You need to own up your sinfulness before God. Your unrighteousness, you must own up before God. For it's not me today, but we wonder why we're losing the battles. I'll tell you why we're losing the battles. It's not because we got the wrong report. We should have won that battle. Joshua said, you lied to me. 36 people have been taken. He said, the rest begin to flee. He said, you said this was going to be an easy victory. But the problem was, it wasn't that their army didn't have the strength. They were just not where they needed to be. Today, what about you? Where are you at? Let's get a song this morning. That's my prayer. Do you feel like that maybe there's aching in your life? Maybe you're that one and you've kind of just grabbed a few things and you're trying to hide. Sin has progression. You're going to see it. You're going to covet it. Be careful. There's still a turning back. Don't take it. But if you take it, then you're going to hide it. But then the most important thing is own up to it. Understand that it's okay that we do these things. God needs to help us. But Achan didn't do that. He hid.